really cool about that? That is her second time speaking. Wasn't that so good? God can do in a moment what people have planned for, schooled for, uh, made up in just moments. He can do it. You know what I mean? So that was amazing, Scout. And with those five points, we can go home. <laughs> no, that was good. All right, many of you already know that I pastor a youth and young adult church in Louisville, just right across the bridge called The Refuge. Um, it's a cool, creative community that we believe have been sent to our city to bring a real change. Uh, we serve a real God that wants to do real things. And I'm so thankful for the connection that I have with Church on the Rock. I'm so thankful for the people that I've met here. Pastor Jordan is the best, just so loving, so kind, so so incredible. And just for him to be able to like uh, relinquish responsibilities and creativity and everything to his team just speaks of how, the, how, how great the team is. I wish I had on Amzie's outfit today. My shirt would be tucked in if I had a belt because I'm competing with his clothes. But anyway, uh, just a great place. And I mean, Morgan, I, your messages on Instagram that you guys put is like so good. I like took notes from my phone. Like, and then uh, where's Mr. Steele? He's like the Matthew McConaughey of the Christian world. He's somewhere out here, volleyball skills for days. Anyway, so I've been here a couple of times. I feel like family, um, but I really had a great time at camp. I had the plan to come and speak um, and do what God had called me to do that morning, but I ended up staying, ziplining. This guy over here sent me flying on the blob, and then I lost St. Laurent sunglasses, so I had to go home and cry. But it was um, a blast, and so I'm glad to be with you guys today. When Jordan texted me, I was like shouting in my room. I'm really excited, but before we get into uh, what God has for us tonight. Let's pray because we need him. Amen. Lord, we love you tonight. But most importantly, we thank you for loving us, that you have never failed us, that you have always been there for us, that you fight for us, that you're in our corner, um, even sometimes when we can't see past the pain and past the things that are in front of us. Lord, you are good. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would hover over this place because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. May we leave here different than the way we came in. May we become new creations. Let old things pass away, and whatever old thing that is, Lord, we're always progressing, and so I pray that you would let old things pass away and all things be made new. I thank you that healing is coming to hearts, mending is coming to minds, and that you are going to restore souls tonight, God. You are our prize and our possessions, and so we lift our eyes to where our help comes from, and we pray that your word would come like a double-edged sword changing us, and that practically and that spiritually you would do something in the inside of us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Slap your neighbor high five and say, I'm so glad that you are are here tonight. Hey, let's do something real quick. Pull out your phones. And if earlier when I was talking about uh, five friends that you're going to invite next time, be like, hey, this I am at Encounter right now. Can you come with me on March 6th? Do that right now. Pull out your phones. Text five friends. Text five friends. Just do a group chat. What? No, don't do that. Oh, there's not one. Dang it, I literally cleared my schedule. I was going to come March 6th. Okay, well, there's one in April. Okay, April 3rd. Yeah? Okay, cool. Um, and actually, you're young. You're not going to book out your schedule two months in advance. But anyway, long story short, evangelize. Change the world. Change the city. Let's get started. Um, how many people, by a show of hands, come on, Kagan, like, I tried to be cool. It didn't work. Um, how many people, today we're talking on the topic of love. I love love. Does anybody just love love? Yeah, there's some people. By a show of hands, when you hear or when you hear a love story, 
or you see a love couple on Instagram, or you, the bachelor is not love, the bachelorette is not love. <laughs> That's something completely distorted from it, but you guys can enjoy your Mondays. Um, but uh, how many people, when you see or hear a story on love, you get excited by a show of hands? Okay. How many of you, by a show of hands, roll your eyes? My hand's this high. Just uh, really, you know what I mean? Like, so we got some eye rolls, we got some excitement. Today we're going to talk about love. If you want to turn with me to the book of Hosea, how many people brought your Bibles? Hold your Bibles in the air like you really do care. We got a lot of paper Bibles in this place. Hold them up high, hold them up high. If you're single, uh, keep them up high. If you're taken, put it down. Ladies, look, we got two studly men on the fourth row with paper Bibles. We got one on the front row. You better look. I didn't see any girls with some paper Bibles up in this place. Is there one girl? Oh, brother, I'm praying for you, brothers. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. They got it on their phone, I'm sure. Anyway, but turn with me to Hosea. We're going to start in chapter 3, and we're going to read through verse 1 and 5. It reads to us because we're going to talk about the topic of love. Then the Lord said to me, talking to Hosea, Go and love your wife again. Even though she commits adultery with another lover, this will illustrate that the Lord still loves Israel. Even though the people have turned to other gods and love to worship them. So I bought her back for 15. He bought a human back for 15 pieces of silver and five bushels of barley and a measure of wine. Then Hosea said to her, you must live in my house for many days. And stop your prostitution. During this time, you will not have relations with anyone, not even me. Then, or this shows that Israel will go a long time without a king or prince, without sacrifices, without sacred pillars, priests, or even idols. But afterward, the people would return and devote themselves to the Lord their God and to David's descendant, their king. In the last days, they will tremble in all of the Lord and his goodness. May tonight we tremble in the all of God and his goodness. Have you ever seen a couple where, because you're a Christian, you don't really judge, but have you ever, have you ever seen a couple where you're just wondering why he's with her or she's with him? Has anybody done that? Like, how did that happen? Like, she must have really paid for that one. Or, you know what I mean? Like, he must really love Jesus or something. That You know, you just, like, there's something like, oh, it's personality, isn't it? Because it's not looks. Kidding, 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 kidding. No, but have you ever met, or even, like, how, like, a good God girl, like, gets with some baby boy down the street? You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? And you're just like, or does anybody have friends that do that? And you're like shaking your friends like, no, do not detour like that. You know what I mean? Like you are worth rubies. God has fashion informed you. Don't, don't go up to Steve down the street. Are you kidding me? He ain't even saved. You know what I mean? Like you ain't even equally yoked spiritually and physically. He don't brush his teeth, you know? Like, like you know what I'm saying? Like something along those lines. Have you ever seen how is she with him? Or how is he with her? I think we've all had encounters like that. And I think that if we'll all admit it, sometimes we look at some of our exes and we say, God, thank you that there was an ex. Thank you. I'm so not thankful for my ex. You know what I mean? Has any, does anybody else have those? Like you're like, I don't know why I did all of that. We ain't doing that. You know what I mean? It ain't happening. But we look at this story and I'm gonna, we've got a prophet and we have a prostitute. 
We have a method at our church. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this. We have a method to flirt to convert. <laughs> you know what that is? It's when you're like, hey, mama, you want to come to church? Like, she thinks you're inviting her to the club. No, you're coming to church. And then with lights like this, she might believe you. You know what I'm saying? No. So we got like a flirt to convert. God set a prophet up to go flirt to convert. I'm kind of being funny with that. Like, don't be getting all crazy with it. But literally, we've got Hosea being a prophet. And then we have Gomer, Homer being a, a prostitute. And Gomer is living a bad life. She's in darkness. She is okay with destruction. I don't know that her past and if maybe she was a byproduct of her past and that's what led her to be a prostitute. But Hosea is Jesus on the main line. Tell him what you want. And she's like, God, I'm ready to find a good thing. I need a wife. He's praying and God responds and says, go and marry a prostitute. This is a prophet, and it's not just like it's just a pastor of a smaller church. It's not that it, it, it's just some guy that, you know, kind of is a pastor, kind of isn't. Like we're talking about a famous, well-known individual that represents God, that represents purity, that represents integrity, that represents character, a man that is known after God's own heart, and he is famous. He's known to be a God guy. You know what I'm saying? And then we have the actual opposite, which is a prostitute, where not very many people know her name. And if they do, they probably know more than her name. And it's just a really bad situation. But what I love about God is God doesn't just tell us something. He really lets us live through something. You know what I mean? Like, I think that lessons are better caught than just taught. You know what I mean? Like when you make a mistake, you really learn I'm not going to make that mistake again. Like try to touch a stove and let me know if you want to touch it again. You know, put your finger in a socket and then let's speak about that and see if you want to put your finger in a socket again. You know what I'm saying? And so through this, God is speaking through experience. How could a guy like this be with a girl like that? God then didn't have pastors all over the place that was the hope of their city, that was serving the city. They just had a prophet. That's how God would speak. They, there wasn't this whole revelations. There wasn't all of these things. God would speak through a prophet, and people would listen to that prophet, and they would follow that prophet. And Hosea was that person. Sometimes God will win us by miracles. Sometimes he'll win us by the goodness of God leading us to repentance, but then also sometimes he will use people to be pillars in your life to point you in the right direction, and that's what God was doing in Hosea. Let me tell you a little bit about the culture that we're, that we're, that we're experiencing today in this scripture. The culture was these Israelites were literally set free from Egypt. They were in slavery, and God brought them from slavery and bondage to complete freedom. God literally saw a huge body of water. He saw the Red Sea, and, Mo and Moses threw that up, and it literally split in half. Like, fishes chose which side of the wall of water to go to. Like, there were literally sea... Uh, creatures crawling to get to the water. Can you imagine a body of water splitting in half for you to walk through? They, they for 40 years, were provided food. They were taken care of, and then God led them into the promised land, flowing with milk and honey like the Christians had everything that they wanted. And before they knew it, they knew that they, they were people that were after God's hand and not his heart. They had become gluttony. They had become consumers rather than participators. They were sitting on sidelines saying, well, you should shoot the basket that way. You should dribble that way when <laughs> you can't even make a layup. You know what I mean? 
Like, that's what they had going on. They were just consumers. Well, the music is too loud for me, so I'm going to sit in the back and not even participate. There were those people, well, I don't know. She sings real crazy, and, like, I don't even know why she's smiling when she's singing, when you don't know what she's been through. You know what I'm saying? Or, I don't know, that worship leader, did you see how tight those pants were? I'm just glad them tight pants were in church. You know what I'm saying? Like, whatever. Like, they, they became consumers, and it's about me, and it's about me, and it's about me, and it's not about me. It's about intimacy. God wants your heart, not your opinions. God wants your love, not your rules and your laws and your regulations, because ultimately he listens to us, but we should listen to him. And so these Israelites, they were, they were become consumers. They were so, so materialistic. They were so prideful, and their love looked a lot like sexual relations, which is why there are people of prostitution. I read an article the other day that, li- that stated like they're concerned because we look a lot like this time where people are obsessed about things and will use people to get those things. They're more excited about five minutes rather than a lifetime of faithfulness. That they'll sacrifice everything at the expense of their family, at the expense of their marriage, just for 15 minutes for what? Like, you think it's bad when your boyfriend sends a girl another love? No, like, people are losing their lives in these things. And so this culture was just like that. They needed help. They needed correction. And Hosea said, I'm going to step up and I'm going to do it. Can you imagine? This is the only time I think God would call someone to marry a prostitute, to go to the red light district and to do something like that. So imagine this holy roller, this God guy, this pure person. God says, go grab a prostitute. So he goes from the temple to the red light district. Can you just imagine that? Wondering what people might say. Wondering how he would look. But God's purpose was more important than his position. Doing what God called him to do rather than what he looked like was more important. What I love about God is these people made a big mistake. But God always takes our mistakes and he makes a message. God will always, when we go far from him, he will always bring us back. And so he said, Hosea, bring my people back. And so he goes and he, and he, and he tells this woman and he says, I'm going to, I'm going to marry you. You're, you're, I'm going to take care of you. Come and marry me. And so they do. And they have three beautiful children. Like she changes her life. Like she has an, in this message, Hosea is God. The prostitute is me. The prostitute is you. The prostitute is us. And so we'll come to church And we'll cry three tears out of our left eye and snot comes out of our right nostril. We'll feel the goosebumps that come down our back. And and God will say, hey, come and marry me. Come and commit to me. Come and live a life for me. And just like this lady, she left everything and she followed Hosea. And she tried to live a life connected to Hosea. They had two children. And those two children's lives they preached because God had a purpose. And, and, And she was living in the nice house. And she was being taken care of. And she wasn't walking streets. And she wasn't begging for bread. And she wasn't in darkness. And she wasn't in destruction. But the difference is, is that she still had that in her. She just changed location not label. She still had a little bit of her past in her tank, and I think that if we all agree, sometimes we have a little bit of past in our tank. But we have to be people that choose God over that. And so can you imagine Hosea has three kids, Gomer has three kids, she wakes up, goes back to the streets. Hosea wakes up and he's like, well, where's my wife? 
Maybe she's making breakfast in bed, baby. And she's not. Oh, maybe one of the kids were crying, and she actually crawled into bed to take care of the kid. And she slept with the kid. He goes to the room, and she's not there. Then, oh, maybe she's at the garden, and she's gardening. I don't know, because that's what Gomer did. I don't know. And she's not there. Can you imagine the thoughts? Did she leave me? Like, she's got everything here. I've provided everything. I've made a way for her. Really, all she has to do is love me and me love her and fulfill the purpose and take care of our three precious kids. And we do that together. What more could she want? I wonder if often God wakes up providing everything, making a way for us. And all we have to do is fulfill the purpose that he has for us. But we still find ourselves walking back to the streets. And so Hosea is up in his house, probably heartbroken, wondering, what am I going to tell my children? Where am I going to go from here? And I don't know about you, but being a person like that loves God and that serves God and that fulfills his purpose, like the anger and the feelings that you have towards God. Are you kidding me, God? I have spent my entire life living for you and doing what you've called me to do and stewarding to the people and being the prophet and praying even when I didn't want to pray, but I knew I had to pray because I need to live that lifeline. Like, and then this, you tell me to marry a prostitute that I pick up as a wife, but now she's back in the street prostituting again. Are you kidding me? Has anybody ever felt like that? God, I have served you faithfully, and why is everything in front of me falling apart? Those feelings. Like nothing in my life is good right now, but you are good, good. Oh, you know? Seriously, like, Jesus, where are you? What are you doing? And he says, go back out there, find your, find your wife. Are you kidding me? You already, like, how do you tell me to do something like that? And so... He leaves his house, and he goes and he tries to find his wife. In this case, God wanted Hosea's life to demonstrate his love. He wanted to communicate to us how much he loves us. After marrying this woman, probably standing in front of groups of people as the first lady, as the prophet's wife, he then has to go back to the red lights district to find her. Can you imagine how those conversations went? Like, hey, bro, have, 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 have you seen my girl? Have you been with my girl? You know what I mean? Like, what, like how, do you, how do you do that and not throw a fist? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, and they're like, hey, pastor, what are you doing down here? You know what I mean? Like, I didn't, I'll see you at church next Sunday. You know what I mean? No, you won't. You know what I mean? And he goes and he sees Gomer after searching Streets and alleyways and maybe dusty rooms and places of intimacy and lust that other lives were participating in looking for his wife. Searching the dark, grimy streets just to do what God's called him to do. And then he finds her and she's sitting on a block being sold into sex slavery. She had everything and she gave it up for really nothing. And he's sitting there and... He says, I still want her. I'll still take her. How much? 15, sil 15 pieces of silver, some bushels of barley, and a share of wine. Okay, I'll take her. In this picture, it's God demonstrating his love for us. 
I at times, as a pastor, as a person of God, find myself being a gomer. And it doesn't mean I'm going to the red light district and selling myself. But what it does mean is that when I watch a reality TV show, I'm selling a little bit of myself. When I'm buying into the lies of, of all these fake facades, I'm selling a little bit of myself. When I wake up in the morning and I don't feel like praying, I'm selling a little bit of myself. When I make these small compromises, it's those small fox that destroy an entire vineyard, I'm selling myself. That when God wakes me up at 3 o'clock in the morning, but really I'd rather sleep because I have a test in the morning, I, I, I'm selling myself. When the girl texts me at 3 o'clock in the morning and I actually respond, I'm just selling a little bit of myself. When I don't read my Bible when I, cause, and I know that it's the bread of life and that I need to eat it, if I don't, I will die, I'm selling myself. It's not about jumping on a sex slave pedestal and saying, hey, here I am for 15 pieces of silver. It's all of those half pieces of silver that lead up to a full sale. And so I think that God needs to speak to us today of how are we slowly selling ourselves. Are we buying into the lies of the enemy? Are we buying into the lies of our own flesh? Because the devil sometimes doesn't have anything to do with the crap you find yourself in. We want to blame the devil. That Well, the devil came, and when, when he came, he, 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 he told me this. No, you told yourself that. Your nose is okay. Contour and go on. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> kidding. No, but, like, you, you're, you're, you're more than rubies. Like, I look a certain way or I talk a certain way. No, you're telling yourself that the devil ain't telling nothing. Because he that be in Christ, old things pass away. Be a Romans 12, 2 kind of dude, girl, whatever. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove the will of God, that which is perfect, good, and acceptable. You're not supposed to walk and talk like them. God's called you to be individually you. So maybe right now, Holy Spirit, speak to us of how we're selling ourselves. Because it's small compromises that completely kill the passion, the drive, the zeal, the desire, and the hunger, and the thirst for the things of God in us. And it's small of saying, that's okay. Well, that's not necessarily sin. How long are we going to straddle the fence? How long are we going to make our Savior scoot through the streets and frantically fight to find us? How long are we going to make the king of the world be in a, in a prostitution place searching for our soul? How long are we going to say 15 silvers there, 15, that cat of nine tails scar there, that crown of thorns there? How many, how many times are we going to kill Jesus over and over and over and over again before we say, God, I'll commit to you? You know what I mean? He doesn't want some of you. He wants all of you. And so if you leave here with anything today that God will fight for you no matter what. But why don't you fight for yourself? And why don't you fight for your love for him? I'd rather spend more energy saying, God, I love you. God, I'm going to serve you. God, I want to do what you want me to do rather than having to spend all that energy saying, God, would you forgive me? I want to cry tears of, oh, I'm so glad, God, that you saved me and you redeemed me and that you're there for me rather than, God, woe is me. I'm so sorry. You know what I mean? Like switch that energy, switch that time, and you'll never be a perfect person. But if you pos position yourself to be like that, it's, this is scandalous love. This is crazy love. This is faithful love. We don't have a lot to offer. He actually has everything. We're the Gomer. He is the Hosea. He provides everything. And then we'll sell it for 15 pieces? Are we kidding me? Or we'll sell it for some crazy snotty-nosed boy. 
or we'll sell it for more Instagram likes. Like, what? Tell me in 40 years what your Instagram likes did for you, you know? Remember your ex from three years ago? Was it worth it? You know what I'm saying? That 15 minutes, was it worth it? I think that we need to just, and it's all about perspective. We can be pulled from a prostitution place, but we can't just be pulled from the, that perspective of prostitution and then always think through the, that mindset and that theology and that thing. We've got to pull ourselves higher knowing that we've been paid for by the ultimate prize, and we're going to think different, walk different, and act different. Gomer had nothing, and Hosea had everything to offer us. Gomer was in perversion, and Hosea was in purity. Gomer walked the streets, and Hosea walked in his own home. Gomer worked for the random John, and Hosea worked for Jesus. Gomer was a different one, and, and he was, she was in a different bed every single night, but Hosea was in the same bed every single night. Gomer had a chaotic life, and Hosea had his life together, but still she went out to the streets again. The message here is the worship team joins me and as we respond is God fights for us. That his love won't leave us. That his love won't fail us. You know, there was a time in my life, if you've heard this, forgive me, but there was a time in my life where I was Gomer. And honestly, probably weekly, I feel like a Gomer. But where I was Gomer and I, I had a life of darkness, I had a life of destruction, I had a family that was divided and destroyed by divorce and it confused me why my mom was leaving and why I was left with my dad and why I would be punched by my dad but bought a present the next day. The taste of blood in my mouth was often. But the bitterness of the thought of why that, was, that blood was in my mouth was worse. Gomer sold here, sold there. When I was in fourth grade, I went to a birthday party and I was taken advantage of by several men, shortly after by an older woman, confused, broken, in darkness, in the slimy streets of prostitution, looking for love in all of the wrong places. Middle school, drank alcohol for the first time, was almost hospitalized for alcohol poisoning. Drinking wasn't enough, so I started smoking drugs that then led to snorting drugs that then led to a downward spiral into complete destruction, hooking up here, hooking up there, doing whatever I could do to satisfy my own soul. When all along I had a Hosea, which means salvation. I had that salvation that was at offer, but I still couldn't get past my sin. And one night like you are at a service tonight, I was at a service like this and I sat on the fourth row and these people were on stage and they were shouting and they were screaming and they were singing and they were sweating and they were pursuing the presence of God. And they were doing whatever they could do to encounter him. And I watched them and I wanted what they had. I said, I don't know what they have, but I want that. And I remember walking from the fourth row to this side of the altar. And I lifted my hands and my Gomer heart. And I said, God, are you real? I've tried everything, literally everything but you. Name a drug. Name a person, name a party, name a place, name a substance. I've tried everything, but I haven't tried you. 
If you're real, will you come into my life? And I just begin to say the name of Jesus over and over. I said, Jesus, 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 I'm on the selling block of life and I have sold myself and I've sold myself and I've sold myself. But I heard a preacher say that you paid for me. I didn't say all these words, but I felt these words. I heard a preacher say you paid for me. Will you come into my life? And to make a love story short, that morning Jesus transformed and he changed my life and it has been so many years of salvation and change. And so God became my Hosea. But I still sometimes feel Gomer. But the difference is we always have to choose good. Go back to Hosea's house. Go back to Hosea's house. Go back to Hosea's house. And you don't have to wait till Sunday morning to do so. That his love is that crazy. His love is that real. His love is that scandalous. His love is that limitless that he will, no matter what you do, no matter what you said, no matter even what you wanted to do, he'll love you and he'll be there for you. And he'll pay way higher price than worth 15 ounces of silver or whatever that was. And the prophecy says this, and I pray that the prophecy tonight would take place. But afterward, us, the people will return and devote ourselves to the Lord, our God, to David's descendants, their king, which is Jesus. In the last days, in these days, in these days, in this day, on February 6th, we will tremble in awe of the Lord and their goodness. If you could stand with me in reflection. There's so many souls on the selling block of humanity. There are people that are struggling with depression, struggling with addiction, struggling with hurt or pain or whatever that may be. And maybe you're in this room. Jesus has paid for you. 2,000 years ago, he hung high and he stretched wide and they beat him over and over and he went carrying a cross to a mountain called Golgotha so that they could kill him so that you could live. That's love. The greatest love of all. If you could close your eyes with me just for the comfort of that person sitting or standing next to you. If you say, Kagan, I feel like Gomer. And I've got to have a Hosea tonight. I need a salvation in my soul. And maybe you got saved at 13 or 14 or seven years old. But you say, today, if I die, I don't know if I would go to heaven or hell. And I want to ensure tonight that I go to heaven. If that's you, will you just lift up your hands? If you say, today, I'm giving my life to God. No looking back. I'm counting the cost and I'm giving my life to Jesus. That's amazing. Second group of people, you can put your hands down, ladies. I saw that. It's amazing. Second group of people, you say, hey, I've, I've got a little gomer in me. And I have to have Hosea save me and redeem that part in me. And I'm ready to sacrifice and give up that sin. And give up those small foxes that have spoiled my vineyard. And giving those small places where I've been selling myself. I want change tonight. If that's you, will you hold your hands high so heaven can see that? If you say, hey, Gomer's got to go. Gomer's got to go. Gomer's got to go. Gomer's got to go. Hallelujah. It's amazing. And what we're going to do in response as a prophetic picture and as a scream to the situation that you're in right now, I want you to step out from where you are as a symbol to say, I'm not staying here anymore. 
I'm not staying stuck in my sin. And as they take us into this worship song, I want with your full heart, your full mind, your full soul, begin to cry out to God. He'd rather hear your words than your youth pastor's words. He'd rather hear your prayers than someone praying over you. He wants you to pursue him because when you chase him, he chases you. If you draw nigh to him, he'll draw nigh to you. And in this place and in this time, he can get what he paid for, and that is you. Because really, at the end of the day, all he wants is you. He doesn't want to judge your sin. He doesn't want to condemn you. He just wants you because he loves you. As they sing this song, begin to make your way up here, and let's pray together.